Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 3, Episode 10. Taylor and I go through the big school HSR finals from yesterday as part of our coverage. Let's hit it. I don't see how you can hate from outside of the club. You can't even get in. <laughs> Leg out. All right. It was a late night for your boys at the big school meet. Colin Altavote and Taylor Marshall. Taylor, do you uh, prefer big school or large school? Go large school. Okay. I like big school. So th- that's where we differ. It's the only, it's the only thing where our opinions differ. Uh, yeah. We were, we were there late. We got there. Uh, the transition, very crowded, but a, a worthwhile meet. And then, you know what? We live in a large city. We still found a place to go eat last night at 1130. Kitchen was open. That was clutch. Yeah, uh, we were we were shocked that we could get in, and the restaurant was surprisingly crowded for eleven thirty when we got there. It must be the late night spot in our undisclosed central Indiana location. You know, people act like one of the issues with getting uh, NBA free agents to come here is the nightlife isn't there. But I'm just Kevin Durant, LeBron James. Like, we'll show you around. Yeah, you guys want to go out in Midtown Carmel? Let us know because it's open until so the kitchen was open till one o'clock. Yeah, wow. Not so, that we stayed till one o'clock. Yeah, I think we got pretty close. Uh, so here we go. Yeah, Red Red Bull and coffee here Sunday morning. We're gonna go quick recap of the big school, and then later we'll do a small school. But you waited for the results. You can probably wait for the webcast. Um, it's a girls' first year. Let's just do all the field events first, talk about maybe some records that were set, and then we'll get to what happened on the track, including the relays. So uh, winner of the girls shot, Hadley Lucas, a sophomore from Bloomington North, her distance, 45 feet, one and a half of an inch. Uh, and oh, and that's, boys, uh, go ahead. that's good for U.S. number 13 right there. So oh wow, um, really strong throw from uh, – Hadley Lucas here so I, I she had the the lead going into her final throw um and she went out there and that's where she threw over 45 feet so really impressive end uh right there for the sophomore good research there do you do you have what all these kind of national marks might be I have that one. Oh, well, there we go okay because I know there yeah, were some we, more here we talked in some of the relays when they were finishing up like I wonder what that ranks nationally and we'll we'll get into that and maybe we'll know what, what they do. On the boys' shot put, no surprise here. Uh, Tucker Smith from Columbus North, 69 feet and one quarter of an inch. And that was one of the ones you predicted would be a new meet record. And, and Colin, that one is uh, tied for U.S. number one. Tied to the quarter of an inch. To the quarter of an inch, yes. Well, we need to see a throw-off between those two guys. That would be fun. We've talked about how strong of a year it is in the shot. And uh, we'll get into this in the small school. There are also two boys at the small school that eclipsed, eclipsed the 60-foot mark, which typically is the standard for being a contender, right? If you can throw 60 feet, like you're in the mix to win most years. Correct. Yeah. When there's, the when there's regular human beings doing it. This year, there's not. There's Tucker Smith. Um, but David Lara Gonzalez from Ben Davis, also a senior, threw 60 feet, two inches. So four boys yesterday threw over 60 feet. Yeah, that's really impressive. You know what? I was uh, talking to our throws coach on the bus 
ride home from Bloomington. And I think, you know, as of right now, that boys shot put event may be the most exciting event at the state meet here in June. I mean, there are a couple others who are in contention, but that boys shot put, I would find a, uh, get there early, find a nice, uh, bring a bag chair and sit out there and watch some really exciting stuff. Exciting in terms of good performances, right? Because we don't, we don't anticipate it being particularly close. It, not for the win, but I think the there's, second place is kind of open right now and you're just going to see guys throw well over 60 feet and we might see someone throw over 70 feet and um that's a that's rare and that's uh really fun to watch and the girls long jump uh an established in her event athlete michelle nazarov a senior from zionsville 18 feet four and three quarters of an inch and there were three girls in total that jumped 18 feet or farther on the boys' side, Pierre Hill, a senior from Portage, 22 feet even and just a half of an inch back, uh, potentially the best all-around athlete in the state, John Colquitt of Brownsburg, who we'll talk about later. He was 21 feet 11 and a quarter of an inch. Five, no, sorry, seven boys. Nope. Eight boys jumped between 21 and 22 feet, which is probably pretty typical for the, for the long jerk. In the girls' high jump, a one-two finish. I did not know this. A one-two finish by Kankakee Valley. They had, I think they were ranked uh, two-three going in, I, I believe. So junior Emily Nanenga, five feet, eight inches, and then her teammate Taylor Schoonveld, five feet, seven inches, and they were well clear of the field. The next best jumps were five-four. So Shout out great, Taylor, what a great name. There you go. A great high jump duo from KV. And on the boys' side in the high jump, who else could it be? Brian Stevens, the senior from Warren Central. He, I wonder, I probably not, but I wonder if they listened to the podcast and took my advice. The old record, seven feet even by what you called a, a host of gentlemen, many gentlemen. Many, many. It is now a single gentleman. And it is Brian Stevens, seven feet and a quarter of an inch to eclipse the old record by one quarter of an inch. And that one will probably stand for a little while. I would imagine so, yes. In the girls' pole vault, Kaylee Swart, a junior from Cathedral. Well, that could be big for Cathedral as we get to the outdoor. We'll talk about this maybe more over kind of the, this this hibernation period over the next two weeks as many schools are on spring break not many big meets Kaylee Swart uh 11 feet nine inches Mackenzie Van Bibber from Plainfield came in with the best um clearance I believe she was good for second at 11 feet six inches and then another record on the boys side I think you predicted a a bevy of broken records and that's what we did see yesterday Cody Johnston clearly the class of the field in the state in the vault uh, he cleared 16 feet, seven inches. He's a junior from Hobart, and he had some good attempts on 17 feet. He was very, very close. I'm not a, not a big pole vault expert, but it looked to me like he just barely grazed it a couple times. And one time I thought he, he hit it, but it might still stay on on his last yeah. attempt. Yeah, we'll see that from the press box since we work for Indiana Runner. So we can sit up there. Uh, what sticks out from the field events other than that there's a lot of really great talent, which we knew, which we knew going into it. Yeah. I mean, you know, 
we saw, uh, like you said, three records fall in, in the field events, right? Um, which, as you said, was something we, we thought about um, going in. But, you know, we sometimes you get lost at a track meet with so many things happening that, you know, in particular the field events where you can't be everywhere all at once and watch that. But just how exciting um, to watch a kid throw 69 feet, right? See Brian Stevens go over seven foot and set the record. Uh, there in the high jump, you know, uh, great attempts at 17 feet. We'll see Cody Johnston come back next year and probably eclipse that 17 foot mark there indoors. So um, a lot of really fun and exciting things as we kind of predicted going in, um, you know, that we, we saw a lot of the field event guys. On to the track, the first final individually, uh, Morgan Patterson from Fort Wayne Northrop. 890. Good time. That's a very good time. And it was a blanket finish. So let's just go over these other names. Shout out Fort Wayne. So Northrop, 890. North side, Fort Wayne Northside sophomore, July Page, 891. That's close. Yep. Third place, Reese Sanders from Cathedral. She's on a potential contending team. Even just the two of them, um, they're, they're Volter and then the all-around uh, athletic talent of Reese Sanders, 895. And then Taylor Jackson from Merrillville, 896. So six hundredths of a second. Now, granted, it's, it's a 60 meter race, right? It's a short race. It's under nine seconds. Yeah. But only six hundred hundredths of a second separated one through four. Yeah, um, really fun and exciting. Like you said, uh, Fort Wayne uh, teams right there. And, and you know, a uh, team that we talked about potentially being in the, in the title race down the line in, in Northrop and the same could be set for Cathedral. Um, so kind of showing what they have early on here. Um, and then the very different format of outdoors will benefit both of those teams. On the boys' side, no boy had ever run under eight seconds in the 60 hurdles until yesterday. Big day. On Colquitt from Brownsburg, a senior, 785, and Knox Willis, a junior from Zionsville, 790. So you thought that record could be in danger and you were right. Yeah. Two guys go under, under eight. And like you said, Colquitt was probably the, the best all around male athlete that we'll see um, just showing why right there. Yeah. D defending champion, I believe in both hurdles. I know he won the 300. So did he won the one tens last year as well? Or was he so, second? Maybe I'd have to double check, but he's I think certainly the favorite right now. And he's giving Brownsburg. They did not finish in the top two yesterday. I think they were fourth, but he changing the format to the outdoor where the relays aren't double and having an individual star like Colquitt gives Brownsburg a lot. Particularly yeah. when that star can do three or four events. Speaking of a star that can do three or four events in the girls 60 meter dash, North Central senior Ramaya Elliott, 748. We thought maybe there was a chance she could get down to the record. I believe it was close, right? It was close. The record, uh, I believe, it was a 742 that Lena Irby set. Um, so she was uh, she was near it, but uh, may have may have let up a little bit at the end, knowing she had uh, a nice uh, lead and two more events down the line, but. Um, regardless that uh, 748 is just one one hundredth of a second off her season best. I think things are going to work out for her. I know yeah. she, she may be disappointed she didn't get the record, but I think things will work out for her. She wasn't too disappointed at the end of the meet, that's for sure. Yep, and we'll, we'll get into that. On the boys' side, 690 
Luke Collins, a senior from Floyd Central. I had before this meet, I had never heard of Luke Collins, um, but he is your HSR finals champion. He won by two hundredths of a second over Connor Maple from Plainfield. In fact, one through seven looked like eighth place might have had an injury issue because he was over 10 seconds. One yeah. through seven separated by 11 hundredths of a second. Did you see that finish? I mean, it was, you, you really couldn't tell who won. It was a total blanket it, finish. Yeah, it was. It was exciting to sit there and watch the, watch the screen as they went through the FAT times to find out the winner. And, and how about uh, Marcus Townsend as a freshman there at Avon, placing fifth and running, you know, under seven as a freshman. That's, uh, that's unheard of. I mean, that is just a total stud level right there. So shout out Townsend. He, yeah, he is having an incredible start to just his first year of high school track. And then in the 3200, we thought there was a chance that we would see a new state indoor record. And we did, but I, I'm not sure this is the person that we thought would set it. In the Battle of the Addisons, Addison Canablo from Homestead in Fort Wayne, I told her one time, the, it was the... Uh, not that we're best friends, but we, you know, we both grew up in Fort Wayne. So got that, um, that Homestead was the Carmel of Fort Wayne. She was surprised to hear that 10, 11 and 92 hundredths of a second for Canablo. And then Addison Wiley of Huntington North, a second and a half back 10, 13, 40. Canablo pushed the pace really early in this race and created at one point, I was sitting up next to Josh Horowitz, who was doing stuff for Mile Split. And I was like, I don't know, maybe 1,000, 1,200 meters into it. And I said, Canablo is kind of like secretly got like a half step on Wiley here. And then within a lap, she was, she was two or three seconds up. Canablo came through 1,600 meters in five flat. And at that point, had three or four seconds on Wiley. And Wiley really closed in the last four or 600 meters, but the, the gap was just too much. Right. Yeah. You know, Addison, uh, you know, Canablo went out and, you know, uh, lapped everybody, but Wiley and then Corinna James got her lap back there at the end. So the pace she was setting was just blistering. And like you said, Addie Wiley had a strong close, but it wasn't going to be enough right there. But Canablo's 10, 11, uh, 92 is good enough for us number five. And yeah, so no one in, in the history of Indiana, no one has ever run that fast indoors. Correct. And I think Canablo and then Kennedy's time and then Wiley are all kind of right there within just a few seconds of each other. And they were all this this winter. Yes. If you consider yesterday to be the winter, which I guess technically it's not. There was, there was, there was snow, snow on the ground, so it's yeah. winter. Yeah. The boys' side, not as historic, but no less exciting. Floyd Central super sophomore Will Conway, who we talked, Scott Litzkin and I talked a lot about on the distance preview podcast. And I think we're going to do another kind of distance recap to go deeper into these races um, later in the week. Conway runs 907.87, and he was followed very closely by Jack Moore from Northridge. They'd separated from the field relatively early and closed very hard in the last 400. Uh, 907.87 for Conway, Jack Moore, the senior from Northridge, 908.16. So about three-tenths of a second separating those those two guys. Anything stand out from the 3,200 to you? 
you know, U.S. number 27 there for Will Conway, you know, he's, he's doing a great job there as a, as a sophomore, um, you know. Yeah, I bet it's got to be top three or five for sophomores, I'd imagine. Yeah, if we were to break it down by underclass, right. it's got to be up there, right? Um, but, you know, I, I thought, you know, a strong performance, like you said, you know, pull away and uh, make it a two-team or two-horse race there. And, um, you know, they were able to get it done. The R in HSR stands for relays. The relays counted double. So we're going to talk a little bit more about those after the break. Are you dealing with a running injury or in need of some treatment? Contact Jacob at Tempo Sports Rehab, conveniently located off of the Monon in the city center of Carmel, Indiana. Find out more information at temposportsrehab.com. Okay, the most exciting part of track and field, the relays. And at HSR, teams are incentivized to run the relays because those points count for double, depending on how into the team score aspect of it certain coaches are. And we'll get into the team scores at the end of this. Uh, in the girls, four by eight, pretty commanding uh, at the very end. Noblesville, 934. Columbus North, second in 937. And North Central, Columbus North also, I think they, at the first exchange, I think they handed off in 12 out of 12. They, 11 12. they came they from were pretty back far back. Yeah, they moved up quite a bit in the last three legs. And North Central, third, 941. Interesting here on the relays, Noblesville, junior, freshman, freshman, sophomore, Columbus North, three or four juniors, North Central, junior, junior, sophomore, and a senior. And actually, Carmel's team, two freshmen and two sophomores. So a really young group at the, at the top of that uh, four-byte there. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of the the maybe what's well, hard to say the next generation if they're if they're placing up there that high, right? Obviously, they're running well right now, but um, it's fun to see the underclassmen uh, get a shot and then take advantage of that opportunity there at the big meet. Right, the the present and the future. Yeah. On the boys' side, this was the highly anticipated race. I had been saying for a long time that I thought there was potential here among some of these teams, um, and made it well known that, that the team that I coach. Um, was going to run all of our best guys, and I kind of more or less begged other teams to do it, and I got exactly what I asked for. Be careful what you wish for, ultimately. <laughs> on on the boys' side, the old record, 753.01 by Fort Wayne Snyder. Shout out. That's where I went. My friend was the coach then. Uh, the new record now, Columbus North, 746.04. That was the team of Mendez, Hoddle, Newell and Kilbarger Stumpf, uh, Westfield second in 748-79, Carmel shout out third 752-79. Uh, another thing that I, I correctly projected was that at least one or multiple teams would run their star at the beginning. Uh, Brownsburg did that. They eventually placed fifth. That strung out the field pretty early on. And, uh, you know, if you were handing off in 201, let's say, that was more like fifth or sixth. Yeah, which would normally be a pretty solid indoor time, but 201, right? You're way, way right. back. But as we look at it, uh, Columbus North, uh, their time is good for U.S. number two, Westfield, U.S. number three, and Carmel, U.S. number 10. 
all happening yesterday. So pretty incredible for a state that does not have an official indoor season or really many indoor meets that here's a meet, a, a competitive meet, a, basically a, an invitational with qualification standards, let's say. I mean, it's the unofficial indoor state meet, but it's not, it's not a whole series the way that the outdoor meet is. And three of the 10 best four by eights in the state didn't happen at this national, I mean, it may have happened in a national meet, but happened to just in Indiana, in a state that doesn't have an indoor, uh, doesn't have a whole indoor season, that's 30% of the 10 best in the country right now. 746, 748, 752. Well, in, in a state where, um, you know, there was another team that uh, decided to go all in on, on the DMR versus the four by eight, and they would have been in that mix. Right. Um, in the uh, small school uh, division, there was a team that you know, we'd have loved to see compete with the others, you know, it would be in that consideration as well. So we could potentially look at four or five teams, maybe not inside the top 10, but definitely inside the top, you know, 20 to 25 in the nation um, happening yesterday here in Indiana. And Fishers, uh, you talked about HSC having won the DMR. What could they have done in the four by? We don't know. And we'll probably see outdoors somewhere, if not in the tournament. Fishers, the team that won the last two four by eights at the state meet, 2019, 2021. They won the four by four and they finished pretty high up in the DMR, but just didn't have a four by eight at all. They concentrated on those other two events in, in qualifying. Uh, right. Splits, I know, for Columbus North, uh, 156, 202, 155, 152 is, is what I had heard. Um, I haven't quite done the math, but that's what their coach told me. So I, I can't imagine how, that could, how off that could be. Uh, Westfield had published theirs. On Twitter, 157, two flat, 154, 155. Carmel, 201, 159, 159, uh, 151. So quite, quite a race. Yeah, that's, that's really fun. And, and, you know, who knows what teams would do uh, outdoors. But, you know, you got to think about, you know, if, if the teams go all in on that four by eight again, that that outdoor state record uh goes down i mean i think certainly the state meet record i'd imagine yeah well and then but potentially at a at a national level meet after could they get i think it's 734 yeah it's 730 i mean they, i think they had i think they had a 150 and a 152 although i mean north had a 152 and a 155 yesterday can that be a 150 and a 152 at the, you know yeah and yeah. in a really competitive race yeah Next on the track was the four by two North Central girls, 142. So more than two seconds clear of the field in that. Brownsburg, 144. Zionsville, 144. Carmel, 144. Merrillville, 145. So two through five were separated by eight tenths of a second. You know, the team that stands out to me on this girls four by two here is Zionsville. I mean, placing third. You know, we'll get to this. We talk about the team scores here, but they they weren't seated anywhere near third, but they they run a really great race and uh, they help propel themselves into that team conversation. How early did North Central run Elliot on theirs? Elliot was the second, second second leg. Yeah. And this is something we've talked about on, on here and maybe Scott and I've talked about too. On the sprints, you, you don't you don't want to leave them too late, right? Because there's, there's a certain, there's a certain advantage in a sprint 
to running on a on a clear track and having it out in front of you and being being above the fray. And I think yeah, but, Central proves that in the four by two. Yeah, they, they showed that for sure, right? When you and I talk about it, I think we use that kind of like NASCAR term of like clean air, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're out in front and, you know, your exchanges are, are clean because you're not, you know, in, in a mix with others. You run fast when you're in the front. And there's also probably a psychological advantage to, to being clear of the field or uh, maybe a psychological disadvantage to sit there and say, wow, look at this gap. I have to close on this girl. You know I mean? The, you know, right, the, right. things all factor in, right? You're talking about high school kids here. So um, if you can get out in the lead and hang on, that's a really good approach. And, you know, in distance running, it's, it's thriving off of competition. You don't want to be too far out all by yourself, too much time to think that kind of thing. Yeah. But in, in, in a sprint relay, I'd imagine there's a certain adrenaline to being up at the front. It's already exciting. Everyone's in there screaming. That place was, I talked to uh, Ben Veach, who goes to IU, ran for Carmel. Um, and he was there for a while to watch. And um, I was talking to him and he said, oh my gosh, this is the most people I've ever seen in here in my life. I mean, it was just, there was nowhere to sit. There was nowhere to stand. There was so much excitement that, yeah, and I'd, I'd rather be at the front in the relay and just run, grab the baton and run for your life. Absolutely. And that's what North Central did there in the four by two. And we'll get into something similar in the, in the four by four. Boys four by two, same thing. Uh, Carmel ran what, what they perceived at least to be fastest to slowest. Uh, oh, you know, I should go over the, t the names of the, of the winners. North Central was Jones, Elliott, Jewel, and Bailey. Carmel's team, Duffy, Gottlieb, Philpot, and Zachary. Carmel, 129.59. Plainfield, 129.79. Um, came very, very close there at the end, Plainfield to catching Carmel. I believe Plainfield ran their best athlete third in the four by two and Carmel ran their best guy first although the Carmel team shout out uh no no star per se just I mean, four really you know, Duffy Duffy who ran first made the finals of the 60 could maybe make the finals in the 100 or 200 outdoors but not going to win any of those events versus Nair Nawash Campbell from Plainfield who has a very good chance to win either the 200 or the 400 or, or both. fortunately for me, both. Yeah. Me, me being the coach, a coach at Carmel. Uh, actually, I just noticed this too on the four by two Carmel Plainfield Fishers. Yeah. Which, and we'll get yeah. into that in just a little bit on another yeah. relay. So Fisher's third in that in one thirty ninety one. On the DMR, they have since, Switch the order, although they're listed backward on here. Uh, used to be four by eight, four by two, four by four DMR. So running the four by eight in the DMR was was a very viable option. Sure. Not that it isn't now, but it made the four by two and four by four harder for sprinters that might want to do both of those. Um, now it's four by eight, four by two, DMR, four by four. So the DMR was next. The winner. Floyd Central, 1217, a big anchor leg from uh, podcast favorite Jaden Serincioni, and then another podcast favorite, Huntington North, 1223. Have you heard what she split? Did we talk about this last night? At, at um, I believe dinner? you said a 449. 449 is what we had her at. Yeah, up in, yeah. The, um, up in the press box where I got to sit. 
uh, and then Carmel, shout out, third, 12.30. The Floyd Central team was Stewart, Llewellyn, L Little, and Serencion. And then Huntington North anchored by Addison Wiley. She's listed as Addie Wiley. So maybe she, maybe she more uh, conversationally goes by Addie. Addison is her official name. Um, it's quite a race. Yeah, I mean, you know, having a, a team up there, you, you know, we, we knew that um, Floyd Central and that Huntington North would have uh, a sub five girl anchor. Um, so, you know, we just try to get out and run, run hard early and try to build up as much cushion as possible. And, you know, when, when you have a girl who can go sub 450 uh, anchor, and there's only so much you can really do. Um, but, you know, shout out to the hounds for holding on to third um so you know it, we're good to go there josh had made a good point and i was taking our splits our being carmel um shout out to direct deposits um but josh had said after we we had been tracking and, and ben veach was up there we just got the split for Addie wiley um like she ran 10.13 and then she came back later and ran 4.49. And we just kind of shrugged it off. Like, yeah, that's probably about what we expected. Like the, a 4.49 anchor and she brought, you know, Huntington did a good job of, of hanging in there to give her a chance. And I, I thought we're watching them from early on. I thought their 1200 leg really ran a good uh, leg to keep them in it. Uh, yeah. But they were, you know, they got the baton 20 seconds back from the leaders and all of these other teams that were up toward the front had an anchor that was all stayed in cross country. Right. And, right. and also kind of an odd thing for me, cause I'm like, it's, a, it's a joke, but it's not a joke that I'm the president of the Addie Wiley fan club. Um, but also like watching her run and she's also tracking down the girl on the team that's related to me on Carl's team. Yeah. <laughs> the school that I teach and my, my cousin's kid is our anchor. Yeah. By, very, by the way, very conflicting Wiley. for your boy here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, Addie Wiley ran uh, on their four by four as well. So her day wasn't over by the, by the team. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, I didn't catch her, her split there, but um, she, I bet she, it was fast. I'm sure it was. Yeah. I mean, she had to be pretty tired at that point, too. On the boys' DMR, the uh, pre-race favorite, we felt pretty confident looking at the um, at the seeds going in and the names that this is the team that would win, uh, and they did. It was a team of Hicks, Knight, Dubois, and Satterfield from Hamilton Southeastern in 10:28. They got a gap, I think, on maybe on Hicks. Uh, 1200 leg um, and then it kind of held that du Dubois I think it's Dubois it's not it's Dubois or Dubois you know uh, you know the family you say Dubois yeah uh, they'll tell us at a meet at some point how to pronounce it uh, properly so they went by five seconds uh, Satterfield solid on the anchor for them they were just uh, you know no no real star legs I, did, I didn't see the splits um, but just kind of steady like they probably had one of the three best of each of those legs yeah. Hicks probably ran the best or the second best 1200 uh Bennett probably ran the best of the second best 800 Satterfield probably ran one of the three best uh 1600 legs and they just held it together and won pretty convincingly yeah 
Uh, shout out Bloomington North. I thought they raced pretty well right there. For yeah, I kept thinking. Good thing it wasn't. We we didn't webcast it this year. We we planned to look into it and, and try to get it done next year. Um, I kept thinking Bloomington North was Chesterton, right? Similar colors, but it was Bloomington North ten thirty three, and then uh, they kind of opened it up on the eight hundred leg, I believe, uh, just before the anchor, and then it was a a four or five team battle there, third to seventh. And Noblesville ended up winning that kind of race within the race in 10:36. Kind of what we expected, right? I mean, just of Hamilton Southeastern, like we'd mentioned, it would have been interesting to see what their loaded relay maybe could have done in the four by eight. There's no DMR outdoors. And so this, you know, they we'll get into this more in the distance one, but you know a lot about this kind of stuff we don't fancy them as a team that maybe could beat columbus north in the four by do we i don't after what i saw yesterday i, I would i would guess not but um i am intrigued on what they could do and then the other question when we talk about outdoor at the state meet right are they a team that has enough all around to be a, an all-around team contender and i'm not quite sure they have that southeastern so, yeah so, i think they're i think they're pretty far back so what, so what do they have besides distance runners? Well, I, I don't and know. And I'm, I'm not saying that as like a leading question. I, I really don't know. Yeah. They could I have some guys in these random events that I don't follow quite as well. Yeah. So I, they may just go all in on that four by eight. We know four seniors right there to see if they can, you know, who, who knows what happens at that point. Yeah. And, and far be it for us. We're not giving coaches advice. They're not asking us for advice, but put yourself and, and, and uh, Garrett shoes, their coach, like, um, you'd be four by it, right? I mean, you've got you've got four guys. None of them are probably contenders to win their individual event. They could finish in the top nine, certainly. A lot of them could finish in the top nine, maybe all four of those guys. But, um, you know, is it worth it more to go after a relay and try to finish in the top two and break a school record or run under 740, something like that? Yeah, I mean, I guess- That's what I would want to do, but also it's- we're the coach, right? It's not about us. It's about what, what the kids want to do. Right. I mean, that's what I would do. I, I would go all in on that four by eight. And like you said, you know, tr go for a win, go for a school record, a really fast time. And then, you know, basically guys could come back in their open event and see what you got left. See you what know? they can do. Yeah. Um, and then Fishers was fourth in the DMR. Um, an interesting double by their star, Kiefer Sonjin. Um, but we also think maybe, you know, maybe they could have been in the mix in that four by eight. Right. Maybe maybe there could have been five teams under that old record or five teams right right at it. Well, two were way under the old record. Right. The most exciting race in track and field. And both of these were. No exception. Right. Yes. Captivating. Yeah. And the girls four by four. Shout out. Carmel, the team of Wamsley, Sebelo, Carlisle. And Winsler, 402, not far behind the team from Zionsville, 403. And with a 54-5 anchor, despite having a, a rough exchange, um, kind of just ran in the back of somebody and then had, had, had to wait around the first turn to get around three or four teams. Um, it was Ramaya Elliott on the anchor for North Central, 404. Uh, how much do we want to get into like the strategy and the order of this, considering it, it 
one of these teams was ours, our own. As, as much as you want. You okay, so it, we talked about Elliot on the four by two. They, North Central ran Elliot first. Second. Second, sorry, second. Second. Carmel leads off with a 60 flat and then went to a, what was Emily, 57 high, 58 low? Uh, this is four by four? Yeah. So uh, Carmel splits on the four by four last night were a 60.39. 5732 6244 and 6223 is the anchor. So Carmel runs their the two good legs. We run our two good legs first and second and we run our best one second. That had to be the second fastest split I'd imagine. Maybe Zionsville might have had a I don't know if Zionsville had a 57 mid in there. Um and Carmel goes 6262 on the anchor. On the, yep. on, the, on the third and fourth legs, right? Yeah. 62 high and then, and then 62 low. Yep. So Carmel gets the baton and we're 10 seconds up on North Central. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's a there's a sizable gap for sure. Um, but North Central kept Elliot until the end and Elliot runs 54, but the gap the gap had opened up there. So really, Carmel did the North Central strategy from the four by two, and, and the strategies had flipped. And, and on the four by two, Carmel, who was fourth, we kept our best until the anchor. Correct. So this is I I call this, and I'm sure most track people would say everyone does this. Every good person does this. Well, this is the good track coach that I know that I work. With. I call it the Ken Browner strategy. Yeah. Put your best kids early and let your other kids run free, and it it appeared that it worked in a lot of the relays yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Special on the sprint side. That's that's how you get it done. Shout out to Carmel's anchor, Kara Winsler. Not not a very experienced 400 runner. Not a ton she, of experience in it. She's going to gain some this season. She ran. She ran the anchor. Star anchor. Star Spanish student. Shout out. Yeah, we been uh, on the boys four by four. Now this is where the strategy differed. Yeah. Now, this, these teams were separated by a hundredth of a second. It feels like we're still staring at the board to find out who won. Man, that was a long time. Just let the, let the anticipation build. The yeah. suspense, man, I felt like I was at the, uh, you know, cross-country state finals where you have to wait, you know, three hours after to find out what the team scores were. I mean, I was I just felt like I was at the small school meet waiting for the results to post the next morning and while you're at brunch. hey yo. Fishers, that's the team of Shelton, Tart Tartar, Wiggins, and Sonjen, 324.28. Carmel, 324.29. But don't worry, Taylor, it was closer than it sounds. It was so incredibly close, man. I mean, what an anchor leg to pull all the way back. I thought, and you know, this is probably my own fault. I I think I doubted Sonjin just a little bit because there was such a big gap. Yeah, that's you a mis pulled. that's a mistake you don't make more than once. I won't do that again. Yeah, right, going into the final turn, right? I thought, okay, there's enough. There's enough space right here, and you know, uh, our anchor and our anchor are being Carmel. Um, you know, it's not like he let up or anything, right? He was just no, in fact, I still your boy is still holding the splits on the watch here. So I haven't had anything to time. Carmel leads off 51 7. Second leg 51 6. Third leg 
this was Cole Matisson, 49.9, and the anchor, 50.9. And we ran an order that we thought was was fastest to slowest. Yeah. Turns out that it it wasn't fastest to slowest, but part of that could be those the the lead off had the lead off and there's some traffic there and those last two was is the race crescendo had the an even extra jolt of of energy um yeah. plainfield third 324 54 so the separation between the top three teams and these were also the top three teams from the four by two was a quarter second essentially and yeah. i think Ken and I were talking, um, well, we weren't talking, we were actually texting because he was at the front of the bus and one of our coaches was in the middle and the other coaches were in the back because that's the way you supervise the kids properly. Um, but we were texting on the way back about just the season and he had said, you know, all of the attention and rightfully so, or, or the lion's share of the attention was on Sonjin's anchor, which had to have been under 48 seconds, right? I mean, Curran runs 50.9 on the anchor. And they, when, when Cole handed off, we were at least three seconds up. Yeah. So some really simple math there tells me that, that Kiefer had to have been under 48 seconds on his split. And I believe I heard Plainfield's coach say their anchor leg was a 47 high, which would make sense because I've seen that so, run at Kentucky who uh, indoors and he was 48 low on the open. So I think, I think it might have even been faster than that, because he was he split faster than Nair split faster than Kiefer. Yeah, Plainfield was behind by more than a quarter of a second when they got it, and there yeah. was kind of a we Carmel had a two or three second lead when Cole handed off. But the rest of the teams were all kind of packed in there. And then Plainfield and Fishers had, had held their best guys until the end. Um, and I think a lot of those other teams might have had like a 52-53 anchor. They were probably doing the Ken Browner strategy as well to give themselves the, what they thought was the best shot. Because there were five seconds between Plainfield and, and Bloomington North, who was fourth. Four and, you know. 4.8 seconds or whatever. Um, right. So yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to know what the splits were. And I think, you know, Nair Nuash Campbell is more of a sprinter and Kiefer is more of a mid-distance runner. Yeah, Kiefer can do a really good 800. Well, I, I, do you consider 151 low to be a good 800? Oh yeah. Okay, so he can do a good 800. And Nair is potentially one of the best or the best boy in the 200 and the 400 is kind of where they meet. And so I hope be, they meet in that event in June because that's, I want to watch that. That'll be, I mean, those are clearly the two best as far as what we know right now, yeah. the two best guys in the state, but that'll be interesting. If you're, you know, I don't, I don't think Kiefer, necessarily has the skill set to run i mean he could run a, a good 200 but to be like a state contender i don't think he's got that and the same thing i don't know although who who knows um i don't know that that nair could 
um, Nair Nuwash Campbell could could run a great 800. Right. So, but if you're, but I'd love to see it. Oh yeah, I won't. I want to. I want to see a meet. But I do that with every every good 400 runner. I'm like, look at well, him. Run for the 400. He may bump to the 800 at the next level. So it would be interesting to kind of see. He might. That. He might. Yeah. Um, but you know, do we see that? Do we see that race at the state meet in June? I, I would guess so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you know, um, the, the other thought, yes, I think we do as of right now, basically saying that my other kind of thinking is that like, does, does Sanjin uh, do the four, eight double? Does he, does he try that? It's really hard. It is really hard, but it, and he, he could do it. Based on what we saw coming into this year before um, Nair, I hope I'm saying that right. If I'm not, somebody just tell me. Um, before Nuash Campbell kind of burst on the scene over the last, we would have thought that that Sonjin was a like an easy winner in the 400. Yeah, and he may not have to run himself to exhaustion to win that race, and he could run just enough to win and then come back and go all in on the 800. Now that's not an option, so I think that makes it a lot more difficult. There's not a lot of rest between those two events at the state meet i mean it might be like 30 minutes and i know people have tried um in the past and and failed in fact even some stars that have done it i don't think anyone's actually even gotten to the state meet in both of those yeah it would be cool i'm looking up i'm looking up what the actual rest time is because you can get on the ihsa site and see so the just had 300 hurdles so i mean yeah, it's listed as 40 minutes. Yeah. That's not a lot. And at the state meet, they will stay on that schedule. They won't get ahead or whatever. Um, yeah, I think that, that's there's an interesting decision there for Fishers. Well, one, in terms of four by eight, and then two, in terms of what, what Kiefer's individual event will be. Or like you said, maybe, maybe you try it in both. See what happens. Team scores. We thought on the girls' side that it would be a close team race between Carmel and North Central. Carmel was the at least the favorite in terms of the mock meet. Do you remember what the what the gap was? Like six points, four points? Six points, 56-50. So 56-50, Carmel was the projection, and it came really, really close to that. It was 54-52, but North Central was the victor. And then Zionsville um close in there with 46 we think those are probably three contending teams for outdoors right yeah i would say so if you're at the top of the of the rankings at the hsr you know obviously a different format but you're definitely a contender outside um and then you know there are a couple other teams that you mentioned as potential contenders in cathedral and northrop that may not have it in the relay style meet but outdoors they've got the individuals to help with that but i thought um zionsville um, was really impressive, right? I mean, they they were seated to score about 25 points, I believe, going in, and they picked up uh, a total of 46. So they really outperformed, particularly in the four by two and four by four, um, and and you know, winning the long jump as well. So um, I thought, I mean, you know, obviously North Central team team of the the meet there to, to win um, and have balance, particularly in the sprint side, but complement that with a third place in the four by eight. Um, but I thought Zionsville just, you know, really surprised uh, some teams. You still got North Central as George Washington on your Mount Rushmore? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, they have the they have the female athlete of the of the meet, you know, for sure. You know, the sure. as we talk about John Colquitt on the boy side, but um, you know, Ramaya is the you know she can give them potentially thirty individual points uh, with a strong contrib- uh, contribution on the four by one. Um, so you're looking at maybe forty right there. Um, so what can what can Carmel or Zionsville or Cathedral or Northrop bring to get beyond that 40 point mark um and then you know with what we saw a lot of uh north central's four by eight yesterday uh they have to be considered uh you know in the podium conversation i mean solidly a podium conversation they were third there indoors um so you know that could be 45 maybe and that might Elliot windsor three events north i almost called a north north central wins the four by one and the four by eight is is fifth 45 45 probably get it done this year That'll, that'll probably do it. Yeah. So, but again, what, you know, what can Carmel do? What can Zionsville do? Um, you know, can, can Reese Sanders win two events and contribute somewhere with a pole vaulter? Um, you never know. Right. And, and four by four for cathedral four by one, can they put something together kind of like they did, they did last year on the boys side. I think it was, it was a projection 56, 50. Do you have that? Somewhere, Plainfield was projected to win, correct? Plainfield was projected was to win just a couple back six, and okay. Carmel was projected with fifty-two. Okay, fifty-six, fifty-two, and then Browns. Columbus There's North was 50, fifty, but Columbus North, they Columbus North went all in on the four by eight and, and gave some other guys a, a chance on the DMR. I think right. Columbus North may be a, a victim potentially of the new format that their coach just knew that doing the four by it's going to be really hard for these guys to come back and run the DMR. Let's give some other kids a chance. Yeah. Um, Cause they did get 20 in the four by eight and they did get 10 in the shot where they were projected. And if, had they won the DMR, it would have been tough to beat HSE, no matter what the format was um, with guys having run the four by eight earlier, even if they got the extra rest, then that would have put them at 50, which would have been good for second. So Carmel projected at 52 Carmel wins with 60 in Plainfield uh, with 48, but it's a lot closer than it because relays count double and some of those relays being so close, it's a lot closer. 12 points seems like a big victory. It's a lot closer than it seems being that if the teams are in the top three on the relays, if you can flip those, Carmel beat Plainfield by one spot in the four by two and the four by four, right? Right. And each of those was by less than a half of a second. Right. Which is close. Even at four by two, it's, it's only a minute and a half race, but that's half of a second is still really close in a 90 second race in a hundred. It's not as close. Um, if Plainfield goes around Carmel in the four by two and the four by four, which they very nearly did, that's a 16 point swing and Plainfield wins by four. Yeah. So this, I've- this meet came down to, tenths of a second in those two key relays, which is what we talked about on that, on the big school preview. Right. Was these, these are the two events that it's going to really come down to. Plainfield showed that they're a contender outdoors. Um, You know, I think they're up there. I think Brownsburg will obviously improve with a different format, right? Carmel's going to be in the mix. Um, And you, you know, we'll see what, what happens with a team like Fishers. Where do you 
who's your number one right now then maybe over spring maybe over spring break we can get more into like what's your top four how do you how do we project this we'll also get the leaderboards updated now that the hsr series is over and they're just kind of all there on yeah. direct athletics what what's who's your number one knowing that the relays aren't going to count double it's more about individual firepower but the the teams that i i would project as the three main contenders all have like star level individuals that can win multiple events at the state meet who do you project as the number one setting aside you know obviously the the, the direct deposits that we enjoy yeah well if we set that aside um i, I it's you don't have to give fun. it up you just put it out of your mind right now yeah uh, brownsburg uh because they have the the best kid right and john colquitt who can go and you know win the 110s win the 300 win the long jump or play second whatever he's really close right there in the mix mm -hmm. and then he's going to be on a really strong relay be it the four by one or, or maybe the four by four but more likely the four by one um so you know that's that's really hard to overcome right where um you know we talk about some of the other the other two big contenders right would be would be carmel and you know their star uh, is a distant star um, and, you know, Cole Matisson would have to run multiple events. Uh, and we know that's a lot. Harder. He's a distance runner. And so he's, he's, he can't win three events. He's just more yeah. limited. Yeah. Right. It's just, it just, just doesn't work that way. And, uh, you know, with a uh, plain field with, um, you know, Nair, uh, you know, could, can he do, uh, you know, the, the two, four, you know, and then. I mean, it seems that two, four, four by one, four by four. Right. And that seems. Right. But, you know, what, what can everything else bring, you know, to the table, but they do have, I mean, Plainfield though, I mean, they have a high jumper, right. And, a, and, a, and another sprinter and a hurdler. So they've got pieces. Um, but I, you know, if you ask me to pick just one team, it's Brownsburg because I think they have the best kid right now. And it's not just the best kid, but it's the best kid in the events that you really need a, a star. You heard it here first, North central Brownsburg. Those are your favorites going to be kind of a hibernation period as we transition to the outdoor season, but a lot of spring break going on this week, next week. And then it's when we come, we come back from spring break, we being at least the Hamilton County schools that have it that first week in April, it's the Franklin central meet. It's the Carmel meet. And then it's conference championships. And we're just right into the tournament. It's going to go, it's going to go quickly and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait for a trip to Cancun over spring break too. Oh my gosh. Yes. Tropical Cancun. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll ask Vicky or Santi turn. Hey, turn it up in here. We're, we're here. We're here to turn it up. Turn it up, man. Let's get it to let's 74, 76. It's spring break. Let me work on my tan. Yep. All right, man. Well, I'll see you all the time for many years. All right. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.